0: I was like, I'm going to push record because you um, are talking about being immature. Well, (laughs) I have
1: the worst (laughs) immaturity. I just realized how immature I am. Like I laugh at the silliest things. And Uh. just now I said to Sarah before we started recording, I was like, yeah, let's just bang out this episode. And I was like, bang one out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why do I find that funny? I don't know. I mean, because you love life and you think things are hilarious and you're internally a 13-year-old boy.
1: <laughs> I really am. I actually that really describes me so perfectly.
0: Um, um I yeah. I that kind of stuff makes me laugh too. I chuckle at um those kind of jokes all the time. Yeah. I bet
1: hee balls. Like someone says something like, <laughs> hey, bring in the tennis ball yesterday at work. Um, and he's like, you got to look at the ball. You gotta look. And I was like, hee you got to look at the ball. Like what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> I'm the one with four kids and I'm the child laughing at work. Wait, do you
0: know why that is though? I think, and now I do think this goes back to our religious upbringing and we were never <laughs> allowed to laugh at things that were, like, innuendo or inappropriate. And so for oh, some reason that just goodness. made those things 80 times more funny, so and I think so that's why.
1: funny. My little best friend, Kat Mason, who we'll have on the show one day, um, her and I were the same, like only children, a little bit naughty, and when we <laughs> were eight, we were we went to this Catholic private school for 13 years, both of us, and we were the naughty kids who would sit next to each other and we'd be in chapel, and we'd have these little signs, like if we stuck up a one, we were like, look at the priest Willie. Number two was like, pretend <laughs> to do a fart. Number three. So we would do this and just be laughing so much in chapel and then get sent out. We were always, always separated. Cause I'd be like, number one, number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just I I've love always it. had that sense of humor. What is with that?
0: That's oh so goodness. good. That's we're all right. Yeah.
1: Um, Fannies and poo and bodily fluids and all the things today. We're doing another birth story.
0: That's right. Our favorite episodes. You, you.
1: Um, um, we both didn't remember if we've told up the birth stories. So I was just going <laughs> to jump straight to Prairie's birth story as though like winter and poet don't exist. Oh, like, oh yeah, poor yeah, things.
0: Yeah. Third babies.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um yeah, so welcome to the Mother Days, everyone. I'm Teresa Palmer.
0: And I'm Sarah Wright Olson. And today we are gonna do our third birth (laughs) stories. And I'm giggling because it's just very funny um that that we have so many kids. Um We (laughs) we have so many kids and poet was actually first before winter so um i am really excited to hear this birth story because i was not present for this one
1: you and i i sort of went boom 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 with my kids do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cash back credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cash back?
0: Download the new Bumble now.
1: So I conceived Poet when Forrest was about 18 months old Um, and I was really excited about that closer age gap, two years, four months apart. Um, It definitely was a pretty uneventful pregnancy. I'm lucky in that typically... I don't have any major issues when I'm pregnant. However, I had the ISO immunization pregnancy this time round again. So it was a it's a sensitivity where my body reacts to the baby, and basically the baby is at risk for having some sort of anemia. I was tested a lot throughout the last few weeks, I would say, of my pregnancy and everything seemed fine. Her levels were normal. My levels were normal. However, my iron was unbelievably low. And I'm just someone who's, that's what happens to me when I'm pregnant. I have low iron. It was, my number was so bad that immediately I got the phone call and I could hear in my midwife's voice that, there was something up. And she's like, just come straight in. Not a big deal. Gave me this infusion. You <laughs> sit with a drip, a bag of iron, essentially. You sit for an hour and a half. And oh, it wow. was fine. I think I had kind of built it up more in my head. Like, what does this mean? Is everything going to be okay? And, but when your
0: iron is low, yeah. don't you feel really tired? Like, were you like more fatigued than other
1: pregnancies? Well, or? I had two little babes running around and I was pregnant. Yeah. So I think my-
0: You were just like tired anyway. Level, <laughs> yeah,
1: of fatigue was just there and existing anyway. So I couldn't really tell the difference. I was like, yeah, I'm tired, but I don't feel like I'm on my deathbed tired. <laughs> um, I just kind of, you know what you're like as a mom? You just sort of get on with it. And I was like, that's oh, true. well, I guess maybe that's why I've been feeling less like I want to jump out of- bed with a spring in my step, Um, but it was good. It ended up being fine. I got to about 38, 39 weeks. She was getting monitored and um, it seemed like I was going to go over dates, which I wasn't that surprised about because I went to 40 plus five with Forrest. I went in for a couple of stretch and sweeps. I didn't really move the meter and it was slightly uncomfortable this time around and my midwife was saying that she was sitting higher up So when we did the stretch and sweep, she would have me kind of hold down on my belly a little bit so she could really separate. Yeah, she could get the baby down lower and then she could separate the water bag from her. So that's what I think they're doing is they're coming in and, and doing that membrane sweep. And that felt really uncomfortable. It was the first time I've ever had a stretch and sweep where I was like, wow, that was really sharp um but again didn't move the needle nothing was happening I did all the (laughs) old wives tales everything to try and get her going and it just wasn't wasn't happening so then uh it was I was 40 past three it was my son's sports day and I was there running around in the heat I was like oh this will surely do it um and I was scheduled to have a check-in that night at the hospital so I Nothing happened. I was kind of having Braxton Hicks on and off. And I had a lot of prodromal labor where you think it's happening. And I'd send the message out to my birth photographer and everyone saying, like, oh my God, it's happening. And then it would just peter off again. and um, And it was this stop-start pattern for really the last week once I hit 40 weeks pregnant. And I was hiking and I was trying so many different things to get this baby moving. And there just was never this consistent pattern in the labor. And so I'd get my hopes up and then I'd go back to bed and it wasn't actually happening. So when I got there to the hospital, I just had this feeling that she did it was a checkup, everything was fine. And I said, I just have a feeling I don't I'm not a big one on scans. I don't want to have scans all the time, but I just could you just check her? Could you just check that she's okay? I'm just feeling like I need some piece of information to go home with and know that everything's fine Uh, and that I'm just, you know, seeing out the natural pregnancy and we'll see what happens. So the doctor came in and they did an ultrasound and she was like, look, with isoimmunization pregnancies, we like to see the babies come out in and around their due date. We don't really like them seeing past – we don't really like seeing them go past dates – And I was plus three days already. So she put the wand on my belly and everything looked great and she was moving around in there. However, she she started hovering over this particular spot on my placenta and she was like, there's a little bit of calcification here. I'm not sure it's anything to worry about, but I just wanted to flag with you that I am seeing some calcification, which is just a sign of the, the placenta starting to get a little bit older and starting to deteriorate.
0: Interesting. Was okay.
1: It. How did For you feel me, about that? that? Was I was like, <laughs> you know what? I know I just wanted to sit this thing out and see how we go. But hearing like placenta mm-hmm. deteriorating. You're like,
0: wait, my, my placenta is now uh, geriatric. Um, I like, no, what? I want to get. I want to get it out. I was like,
1: Hang on, calcified. <laughs> and then I'm hearing that like ISO babies need to be coming out earlier. Yeah. I was like, let's get this show on the road. Yes. <laughs> um, my mm-hmm. midwife was like, do you want me to break your water and see what happens? Because you've been having this labor the past yeah. week, it'll probably kick start. And I knew what the risks were. If she did break my water and active labor didn't begin, then I was probably in for having to transfer out of where I was birthing, which was the midwifery center. So it would mean having to go with a doctor, go in a regular hospital setting. And I really didn't want that. I really wanted to birth in the water with this amazing midwife, Julie, and have a midwife led birth. So we weighed up the options and just said, you know what, let's Let's go for it. I really feel like once the waters break, I'll be able to get it moving because it has been the last week. I keep thinking it's happening. So she she broke the water and I rang my birth team and the the birth before my birth photographer didn't make it, so this time she was in town <laughs> and ready to come. So I rang her. I was like, "All oh, right, it's happening tonight." And it actually gave me an hour to get everyone sorted and to ensure that you know the kids were being taken care of that my mum was there um, and we had just got straight from the kids school to the hospital so they were still in their sports day uniforms and they were sitting over on the bed and you know Bodie was watching Peppa Pig and we just kind of set up <laughs> the room and we knew that it was happening so Mark and I my midwife was like right now you're on the clock you need to get this baby going yeah start walking so we walked, we hiked up this really big hill outside the hospital where I birthed and I walked up and down and I could feel it happening. I could just feel the contractions. I started timing them and I was getting really excited. And then when I got back to the hospital room, like ready for it to pick up, it just petered off again. Oh, and my friends are like, what, what's happening? How can we help? And Aww. I felt a little bit disheartened because i just knew that i had to do anything i could to keep the labor going and progressing so my midwife suggested it was around like 7 p.m at this point and i knew that i had to put Forrest to sleep Mm -hmm. and she said what about nursing why don't you you have to nurse him to sleep anyway why don't you nurse and rock him and see if that does anything So I pick him up and I'm with him and I'm having this really beautiful moment of knowing that these are the last moments where he's my youngest and we were snuggling each other and he was nursing and I was bouncing the ball and every time that he was drinking, he he was a big guzzler, I could feel my body really reacting. Oh, I'm and sure. Then the consistent wave started coming in and fast, hard and fast. Oh, wow. I didn't go I, it wasn't like this slow gentle build up. They were really there. They were taking my breath away. I was moving, I was moaning, but I was also nursing, so I was <laughs> like Wow, this is time. Okay, let's throw
0: this baby off of me. Let's go. (laughs) I
1: I put him in the little newborn crib that they wheel in—the little clear crib. Oh, you did. And I've like rocked him to sleep, and I've got this beautiful photo that I'll I'll put up when we post this one um, of him asleep in this beautiful crib, and he's so big. And it was just like (laughs) it was such an image that is burned in my mind because you know how they say when you give birth to your newborn, suddenly your baby who has become this big person overnight seems so massive. Yeah. I just was looking at him in that crib and thought, wow, this is his transition time. This is for him to move into this role of being the bigger guy now. Um, So it was, yeah, it was bittersweet, I have to say. Just, it was quite a poignant moment with him and He's really what helped me kick this um, birth off. So sure enough, fast and hard they came on and they were every couple of minutes and I lasted about 20 minutes on the birth ball, rocking and moving and humming <laughs> and dancing and I was really excited as well. So I was saying yes to all the waves and I think everyone was was quiet and it was the first time I let my mum be in the room and I oh could see her gosh. little face like over in the corner being like, oh, her eyes What's happening? I was like, mum, oh, you Teresa. need to promise me. Yeah. She's like, Is everything okay? I was like, "Mom, you need to promise me that you will not have resting worried face. I oh need my you God. to just like have a <laughs> smile on your face to be joyful." Um so every time it was funny, I would like clock her in the room and I'd see it, but then I'd quickly see her change into a big smile because she remembered <laughs> that I was like I oh cannot my God. see you looking worried at me. Okay. <laughs> um, so she would like shift and be like, oh, you're beautiful. Even though I could just see the oh fear behind her eyes. I love her so much. All right. As you guys know, we are we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets Hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table
0: settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will
1: thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? A silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is. Make it happen with a smarter cashback
0: credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval
1: and terms apply. All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mummers and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural citrusy scent. But yeah, I had I had Cass in the room who works with us here at the Mother Days and your Zen Mama. She was helping with the kids, and you know, Forrest was asleep, Bodhi was up watching iPad, Mark was kind of over with them, and it sort of shifted into this place where I I said I need water. I just I uh, it was probably about nine p.m. at this point, and they were quite fast, and I could really feel them wrapping around the front of my belly. There was Mm. not even a hint of back labor, thank God, hallelujah. Yeah, Um, And it was just right up in that front, you know, that feeling where it comes in, it contracts really strongly. So I decided that I just wanted to be in the shower. I went in the shower and it was a very small little room and I was so held by my sisterhood I had Gemma my photographer in there Mm. I'd stripped off naked I was just in the water loving (laughs) as you know I love the shower in birth love it (laughs) love it um I had Cassandra one of my best friends in the world she was there she was giving me sips of coconut water in between the contractions Mm. I had Kat who was also there she's um you know, my bestie and she was my acting doula. And so she was timing the contractions and then offering up suggestions like, do you want the flannel? Do you want some crushed ice? And it was just this room of women around me. And Mark purposely sort of held back and was with Bodhi and just sort of emotionally regulating Bodhi. And my mum was sort of popping her head in and out, but she was quite <laughs> happy to be in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. let this... this group of women my age just hold me up and cheer me on. And I got into this rhythm of really loving the hot, I cranked it up, like really very hot, the water. And I had it running down my back. And at the peak of the contraction, I would turn my tummy in to the water and have the hot water really beat down on my tummy. And it was almost like it would pull me out of my body a little bit and it was my coping mechanism as I got stronger and stronger I think the reflection from a lot of my friends that day in the room seemed like I was having an out-of-body experience I was really ecstatic that I was yes and I was excited and I was singing and dancing and I do think that of all four of my births that was the one where I just was high. I was completely yeah. high on this other planet, and I was so I pictured her little face. I kept oh. visualizing her face when I was in the shower. I still remember it, and just what it would look like, and that she, I just felt so in tune with her and so connected with her. And I kept talking to her out loud, like "Yes, baby, yes." we're here, you're coming, I'm about to see your little face um, mm-hmm. and I would say thank you to her, thank you and stronger and stronger because I find that when I'm laboring and there's any form of resistance to the intensity, which is so normal, yes, I start kind of going smaller and everything gets tighter and then I feel the strength of the wave so much more. But when I'm welcoming stronger and bigger ones, I know that I'm progressing at a much more rapid rate. And I think that's the difference with my first birth was that everything was like oh, just manage the one at the time and oh God, that was so hard. okay, manage the next one whereas this one I was like bring it on, bring it bigger, stronger. yes, this is amazing. And when they got so powerful that it felt like I was coming out of my body, I would just vocalise loudly and sing. I had Florence the Machine on, cranked. <laughs> we were all sort of singing to the songs and uh, there was just like this amazing vibe in the air. And I then felt it shift. I felt it shift. I didn't I didn't have an awareness of the time but I knew it hadn't been that long and I could tell by how fast it, was getting to the point where I was really um, having to draw on every last morsel of strength. I knew that I had to be close to transition. So as I was roaring and doing my twist of my belly into the water, um, I started feeling a real pressure that they talk about, you know, just a heaviness in your butt, like you're going to do a big, poo as you know we talk about poo a lot on this podcast and it just felt like oh there was a heavy weight at the bottom and i got really excited about that and uh, (laughs) julie my midwife was like i think it's time for you to get in the birth pool and it we were all celebrating this because we knew what it meant so i i transitioned into the birth pool and the warm water felt amazing and i love the floating feeling in Mm -hmm. water it really takes the pressure off Um, off all the areas and luckily I didn't have any back labor at all this time but I also feel a bit like a slippery seal (laughs) in the birth. I can't quite find my rhythm with my positioning when I first get in there. I have to find out all right is it feeling better on my hands and my knees? Should I be lying back and like wiggling my hips or do I want to just sit cross-legged and I kind of tried a mixture of things and it got to the point where i knew i had to be about nine centimeters because they were rolling together one after the other and it was louder and stronger and everything had felt so positive up until this point and i was like yes yes and then i had about five in a row and i could feel my mindset like shift and i was like oh something feels Like, I just know I should be pushing now. And I said, I looked at my midwife and I was like, I am having the feelings and the sensations of a person who's transitioning into pushing, but I'm not pushing yet for some reason. And she's not quite there yet. I just feel like there's something going on. And she was like, well, you know, you understand, you're in your body Uh, Let me get you out and let's just check you and see what's going on. So, you know, Mark at this point is like pulling me out. My friend Claire's arrived and I've got all these beautiful women around me and (laughs) there's a really funny selfie that (laughs) I am going to post when this story comes out (laughs) of Kat Mason, my bestie, and Claire being like, woo, they're taking a selfie with me in the background sitting on the toilet with a flannel over my face, dying in the background and they're like woohoo in this photo and it's really funny because that's so their good. spirits really kept me going because I, I got into that toilet and I was like oh god the pressure is so much what's going on yeah. the midwife went up and she was like oh you've got a cervical lip this is what oh, you're feeling you right. have a cervical lip And I was like, oh, my gosh, I know what this is. Sarah had one of those. I remember. And I said, you've got to hold back my cervix and I've got to just push the baby's head past the cervix. My friend Sarah did this. And she was like, okay, great. So you know what I need to do? I'm just going to keep my hands up there. You've got to give me the biggest pushes you've ever done. And I'm going to hold your cervix back. (laughs) Yeah, it was so hard as you know, (laughs) but you did it for a lot longer than I did. You did it for four hours. I only had to do a few pushes like this. So she held my cervical lip back, which is essentially your cervix gets fatigued. You get to about nine and a half centimeters or nine centimeters, and you can't dilate that further centimeter or half a centimeter because your cervix swells. So the only way to get past that is to have someone, your midwife, go up and really push that, that swollen bit, the lip of the cervix back so that the baby's head can pass. So that's what happens. It's pretty intense as Sarah knows. Um, But I just pushed with all of me as she held it back. And I probably did that three times And I could just feel her just slip down right into the place she needed to be. And I quickly was like, oh, she's here. So I waddled, was half carried back into the birth tub from the toilet um, because I really love birthing in water. And I just moved into my hands and knees position, which is my favorite position to birth in rocked my hips and then started alternating between my two favourite breathing techniques during pushing, which helps prevent tearing. So it's the panting, the... Uh-huh. And then the horse lips, the <laughs> So I went between those two to <laughs> breathe the baby out. And Sarah always laughs because she was like no matter how much she tried, she could never breathe her 11 pound and 10 pound babies out of her vagina. Mine were a little bit smaller than yours, Sarah. But (laughs) um, yes, you're a a grunter and a groaner and you get in there and you're like an animal. And I sort of do something different because it's just the way it works for me is I move into this like breathing thing I go oh, like deep so meditative great. breathing and then um it was helping I could feel that the burning was starting to happen which was exciting because I knew her head was about to pop through um so that's when I know all right slow this process down do not push this baby out fast because I have the tendency to tear I've, I tore in my first birth I didn't obviously with Forrest but forest birth was such an amazing reminder just to slow that part down. So mm. I'm really present when I push because I can feel everything and I can just feel what's happening in my body. So I, I like to put the hand on the baby's head to help bring the head out. But that's what I did. I put my hand down there. I was breathing I could feel her hair and I kept telling everyone oh my gosh she's got a lot of hair which is so funny because now she doesn't have a lot of hair at all um (laughs) but at the time she had so much hair and um I just sort of eased her out with a few little grunts a few little pushes as well as the breathing and she slipped right out and I pull back and I bring her on my chest and I can't get her up to kiss her. She sort of like stops at my boobs and i have the shortest umbilical cord oh my ever. gosh <laughs> it's so short i cannot even get her up properly on me because it's that's just crazy so short. it was crazy i was like what that's
0: why on? in that photo with her you're like kind of like hunched over hunched
1: over because yes. i couldn't get down, to- I, couldn't get down to- I was oh like my oh my gosh, gosh this lead is so short um and That's she crazy. came out, and she was my first girl. And I checked again to make sure she was a girl. We found out <laughs> like, she
0: was a let girl. Let me see and that like, oh mother.
1: It's a baby vagina, and it's so <laughs> swollen, and it's so cute. Aww. And I've got a girl, and I've got this amazing. It's like for me, my iconic birthing photo. It's the best um,
0: photo ever. You I look just love it because that I, was your ecstatic birth the experience and she yes. and that photo really captures it like I know you're gonna put that photo up with this post but yes. you just look so, so happy. happy yeah but like ecstatic you know so,
1: like I was ecstatic I was hired had this amazing birth yeah. like we'd gotten through the cervical lip and I I felt empowered because I had seen you experience that. So I knew I could dip into my little toolbox like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I saw this and I saw what has to happen and I know that I can get through this. And it was really informative and I needed that in the moment. I didn't feel afraid. I just was like, right, this is just another step that I need to take in order to get her out. Um, And it helped combat the little feelings of fear that I could feel arising Mm -hmm. So it was just she came out and she was just so perfect and plump and I had a daughter and I'd always dreamt of having a daughter (laughs) and I just, it was just one of these magical moments and Mark, the shot that Gemma got was where Mark's kissing me and I'm just like, oh, the most elated look on my face and she was just beautiful and perfect and I felt amazing afterwards my placenta my second stage came out um pretty quickly actually about 30 minutes after birth we Julie got me out of the water and I sat in the bed and we just all my friends sat with me I've got this beautiful photo of all of us together in the birth room and we're all hugging each other and we're listening to music and um I think she came out to a Sigur Rós song um and it was just this wonderful experience and um It was fascinating, though, because when my placenta came out, and this happened again in Prairie's birth, which is really odd, but when my placenta came out, I could see the calcification. I could see the parts of the placenta that had essentially shut down. And for me it was quite validating because even though there was probably still a 30% part of me that was like, oh, i'm a bit wobbly about making this choice maybe i should just wait a few days in that moment it felt like i totally had dropped into my instinct and it was the right way to birth her it was right to have that natural induction of um having my water broken and and bringing her on at that time and you know isoimmunization babies and those pregnancies that it's very specific and we don't know tons about them, especially in Adelaide. There aren't many of us who experience births with babies who are sensitized. So, I just was very happy that that was the choice I made, and I just loved it. It was such an amazing birth. It was so fun, wild, crazy, intense. Had moments where of fear, but I, um, I just yeah, what a dream
0: such a dream. I mean, that is that is like that is a dream birth. I wonder if there's any sort of um connection between getting your water broken and having a cervical lip
1: swell. I wonder cuz your water was broken as well.
0: Yeah, I think my water has been broken almost every time um yeah. because uh I remember that it was broken with um Esme towards the end and it was definitely mm-hmm. broken with winter. Um and date and yeah, my midwife had to break my water with Wyatt too. It was like she had to break it and then the water didn't like that didn't happen and then it finally happened. But with my last birth, it was the same thing where um he said, Wow, your bag of water is so strong. <laughs> Um, cause it wasn't breaking, but yeah, oh I wonder if there's goodness. any sort of connection with that.
1: I wonder, why don't we look into it?
0: I know we will. Definitely. Gosh, that was such an amazing.
1: I know that there is a consensus that if you have a lip in your first birth, there's a higher rate of people having lips in their second and third and subsequent births. I know that but I don't know why. I'd like to understand the why yeah. of that Um, because I then didn't have one with Prairie but I kept yeah. – it was like when I tell that story I kept – thinking the lip was coming i would be at transition being like the lip the lip and everyone's like you you might not have a lip and i was like i probably have a lip um (laughs) and then like i didn't have a lip and i got out of the water to like check for the lip but that was not there it was non-existent but But because i had read that you can have them a subsequent time and that it's quite um you know common to have that happen i was like oh my god this is definitely happening to me
0: how uh crazy though is that feeling when it feels like you need to push because that's happened to me every time, which is why yes. I think I always say like, I'm, when I get to the pushing part, it's not the, that's not the fun part for me because,
1: really?
0: yeah. yeah, it's not, I don't feel, um, it, like it doesn't feel good until the baby's like slipping on out, you know? But like the, <laughs> yeah. the pushing part is just feels like so intense to me because yeah. when I get there, it, my body is like, having all these feelings of like wanting to push 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 and all the energy goes down but then there's no progression because it's like pushing against this um there's cervical so lip so and then Swilling. and then it's like they're pushing against and pushing against like a hand up there pulling it back and the cervical lip so then it's like you know you're pushing through that which is really intense too and then once it's past that point then it's like the baby just kind of comes out you know eventually so
1: yeah. Um, once you get it past the lip, once you can push past the lip, then it's like, all right, now I feel, I mean, do you ever feel productive once the lip's gone? Then you're like, all right, now I know that the ring of fire is coming and I know what to do here and, or not really.
0: Yeah. The, yes, exactly. Like now, yeah, the ring of fire is not even a thing for me because I've done so much work to try to get the baby past the lip. That mm-hmm. um that once the baby's like coming down to the ring of fire and all that, it's just I don't I feel like everything else has gone numb at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so,
0: um, so then yeah, that was a that's a lot of work.
1: So Um, that was the third birth story, um, my birth story with Poet Lake Palmer. And now we get to hear all about winter story. I can't wait to hear this. (laughs) Little Winty.
0: Yes, you've heard this once before. Um, But we will go through this uh, birth story now of winter, which is – you know, I was sitting here listening to your birth story with Poet and it was so beautiful. And I'm hearing you talking about all the women in the room and like all the people, the support that you had, everybody's sitting there afterwards. And like you guys are still listening to music and it's so beautiful. And I am thinking about all of the women who've been birthing over the last two years and how that's just a very different story um, because with the pandemic, like birth really changed. And unless you had a home birth, um, mm-hmm. you know, then your birth was at a hospital and it was probably only you and your partner, maybe not even you and your partner. And sometimes
1: not even. Yeah, I know. My girlfriend and then, birthed without her – well, she was in labor without her partner until he was allowed in from seven centimeters. Yeah. So she had to do all that laboring on her own and he could come in at the very end.
0: Oh, that is crazy. Um. Yeah, I mean, so the last – birth story of mine that you guys heard was the birth story that I had with Esme and it was like my dream birth right and it was the birth that I really really needed because I had lost my dad and and it was just like this beautiful cleansing for me and just such an unbelievable experience and so then um this so then I'm pregnant with winter and it's um, about, you know, March 2020, everything in the world shuts down and um, I'm about to be like, you know, four months along or something with, with being pregnant with winter. And everything really changes throughout the pregnancy. Like now my doctor visits, it's just me. I'm going in. I'm scared. I have a mask. I have a I have goggles. I have um Sarah has a hazmat <laughs> suit because a, she was one of those. <laughs> I was one of those. I was wearing a face shield. I was wearing um, goggles and everybody looked at me like are, are those swimming goggles and I was like um, <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm keeping the particles out of my eyes <laughs> <laughs> um, did I walk around with swimming goggles on yes I did <laughs> sometimes. Oh my sometimes <laughs> um, oh actually they were my kids swimming goggles so they were so small and they were so tight on my face um, that I had to, I ended up ordering like woodworkers, like a woodworker's glasses that you would put on and they were like, you know, to keep the, the wood shavings out of your eyes.
1: <laughs> Sarah oh my God. took the pandemic so seriously, really wonderful, seriously. but she really <laughs> didn't see anyone. And if she did, she was oh. like in a bubble, just like in plastic with shields, we would like wave from afar. I don't did do right. we even see each other? I'm not sure. I don't think I was I even in the country though.
0: <laughs> I you weren't. I didn't see anybody um for like such a long time. It was crazy. Like crazy crazy amount of time. It, people I even like I remember posting something about I'm finally seeing my mom for the first time. You know, my baby was like five months old or something and she was meeting my mom for the first time and everybody was like wait what like
1: you haven't seen your mom since the pandemic started (laughs) and like
0: no she works in a dental office your house was
1: like Fort Knox it's like yeah our house was
0: so locked down anyway so (laughs) yeah so me and my goggles um and my my gloves and um everything that I would do to to go to the doctor's office and um I was even afraid to be in, in an elevator Um, so I walked the five flights of stairs every time that I went to my doctor's office and, um, and then I would get to the top and they'd be like, okay, can we take your blood pressure? And I'd be like, no, you got to wait a minute. (laughs) Then I'd be like, don't, don't don't take my blood pressure yet. Um, I just walked up the five flights of stairs and they were like, look, lady, if you just tell people downstairs that you don't want to be in an elevator with them, they're going to wait for you because you're very pregnant. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) okay. Um, So anyway, I end up having a very wonderful pregnancy, but also a very like isolating pregnancy. This was not one where I'm hanging out with people. And for anybody who's had a baby in the last two years, you totally know what I'm talking about. Um, So winter was due in September of 2020. And um I we were in Idaho, we drove to Idaho with our airstream and like, you know, we camped along the way and then we came back. And um it was about end of July, I think that we came back beginning of August and I just had it in my mind that she was going to come early. I was like she's the third baby. So unpredictable but she's big. They're telling me she's huge like my other two. So who knows? Is she going to be 12 pounds? Is she going to be 10 pounds? (laughs) Like I have no idea. And, um, and I didn't feel like she was bigger than Esme. Um, Esme was an 11 pound baby and I, I felt like she was smaller because I didn't, it, it was a much easier pregnancy on my body Um, I felt much like, you know, like a much more of a relief in my body. It wasn't, it didn't feel like super achy everywhere like I did with Esme. Um, so I just instinctively felt like she was a little bit smaller, but I was like, she's definitely going to come early. Um my son's birthday or no my daughter's birthday is August 9th that's Esme's and then Wyatt's is August 16th so I was like how fun would it be if hers was like the following weekend so I kind of set myself up in this um thing where I was like I kept thinking okay she's going to come early what if it's exactly 7 days after Wyatt's birthday and then she didn't come and it was like <laughs> I couldn't even remember When my due date was, I think my due date was like right at the beginning of September. It was like September sixth or something, and I was like, um, I was like, gosh, I'm I'm like really trying to get her to come here in mid August, and I was like, maybe she is gonna come closer to her due date, but I started having uh, that prodromal labor like I always do. And I was like, okay, well, she's in the same position everybody else has been in inside of my uterus. Um, I think Wyatt very quickly molded my uterus into one specific it's like one room in there, and it's shaped a certain way, and whatever new baby's going to come in there, they're going to absolutely fit right into that mold, <laughs> and we're going to have the same experience. Pedromal labor, kind of off to the right. We're going to have to do a whole lot of hip shaking and get baby to come down the right way. So I, um, I'm i getting close to my due date, and um, I go to see my amazing OBGYN, Dr. Goldberg, who... Um, is uh he just recently died so it's um crazy talking doing going through this birth story and thinking about the lead up to this because um i just love him so much he's such an unbelievable human being um and ob-gyn and um and i just i uh, know that there's many 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 women including um myself who Love, adore, and um, we'll miss him so much. And Teresa, you knew him so well too. Mm
1: I did. He was so beautiful and such an advocate for um, the birthing mother, like really helped us feel empowered and absolutely respected all of our ways in which we wanted to birth. And I know Sarah will talk more about that, but really um, honored the idea that she wanted to sort of – have the feeling of being at home but being at the hospital
0: oh yeah i mean i would try to convince him over and over again okay so i'm gonna text you and then you're gonna show up at my house right and he'd be like (laughs) no i'm not doing that (laughs) and i'd be like cool so so what happens if i'm in the bathtub and i'm like oh baby's already coming out can you come over he's like uh no that's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, really wanting to like make him do a home birth so bad because I just feel so I I felt so safe with him uh, because he really understood the way that my body um, works and how I birth and, you know, really understood that cervical lip and that my, you know, first baby had gotten the sticky shoulders and um, he pulled, you know, helped me. Push out an 11 pound baby. Uh, and so I just felt like he. And his butt um, was
1: there for you to grab if you needed it. His butt was there for it. me to
0: grab. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that was mortifying uh, when he told me the next day that I had grabbed his ass during um, labor. One of the contractions. <laughs> yeah. Uh my god, I was so mortified. He's like, so know <laughs> it happened. Um anyway, morti- mortifying. That was during Esme's birth. Um so anyway, uh so he had um I had his number and and he would Text me and say, Okay, I'm going to go for a bike ride uh, this weekend. Let me know if you're feeling anything um, because I'll be off the grid for like a couple of hours. And so I was always like, Okay, no, 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 I'm totally fine. I feel great. And then, you know, I would text him on Friday night and I'd be like, Okay, just so you know, I'm starting to feel some things like the, you know, prodromal labor. Um, I'll text you if this progresses, but this is how far apart it is now. And then he wrote me back and was like, Okay, great. And then he'd check in with with me on Saturday morning, he'd be like, Going for my bike ride, and I'd be like, Ugh, Go on your bike ride, it's fine, everything went away. <laughs> and so, we got into this rhythm where you know, I show up at his office like a few days before um, my labor was uh, starting, and I'm like, So, how long are you gonna let me go? Like, um, my due date has come and gone, it's uh, you know, I think at this point, I was maybe five days. Past my due date, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "How how are you? How long will you al- allow this to go? Like, are you gonna put your foot down at some point? Because um, we never really had that conversation. Because my baby's come like right around the due date, right? And so he was like, "Well, you know, this this, this Sunday was gonna be my like fourteen days, right? And so he was like, "Well." we get closer to that and we can start working in some like natural inductions. And I was like, okay, great. All right. So I just have to try to go into labor before Sunday. Got it. Um, So, you know, my body does the same thing where it keeps feeling like I'm going to labor every day leading up to it. And then we finally get to, um, I'm already starting to laugh just because this birth is just hysterical. Anyway, um we get to the, the the night before and I'm like, "Oh, okay. I feel like I'm starting to feel some things." I had been eating four dates every like few hours. I was um, I was drinking the raspberry tea. I was doing squats. I was telling Eric we had to have sex. This was also definitely the Birth that I was talking about, where I was, my hormones were crazy, so I One was dog. like crazy. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy, 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 um, crazy. So we were definitely taking advantage of all of that leading up to it, and I was like, well, gotta keep, gotta keep doing it because uh, you know <laughs> it's gonna put me in labor. Your apparently sperm uh, actually helps your cervix and your lining ripen. and everything to ripen yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this this is it. To ripen on. this up. That's right. Um, and so anyway, so we get to 11 or no 10 days uh, past my due date. I go in and I do um, I do a little test and they're checking uh, the baby's heart rate and everything and they have to do this test like every single stress day. Um, the stress test, yeah. and um, and he's like, oh, do you feel anything? And I was like, uh, not really. Why? And he was like, "Well, we have some contractions happening." And I was like, "Seriously? I've been feeling contractions for like two weeks." And I was like, and "I now feel you nothing." Can't feel any? <laughs> and I can't feel anything. I was like, "What do you mean we have contractions happening?" And he was like, "Well, they're actually pretty consistent here." And he was like, "This is good. This feels good." And I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "So am I going to feel it soon, or like what?" And so anyway, I left. I went home. I didn't feel. Much, but then there was like little hummings of something. I was like, okay, maybe I do feel something happening. Um, That kind of tightening in the belly, and then it going away, and tightening in the belly, and going away. And so um, we get to uh, that evening, and I'm kind of uncomfortable, but I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna go go ahead and go to go to bed. Um,
1: Sorry, guys, I just had to interrupt Sarah because. I could hear my daughter playing mummies and daddies in the same room that I'm in. And I was like, wait, what's happened? Like I have a nanny upstairs, Maisie, but I also have my mom. And so I ran up, I had to interrupt Sarah. I was like, oh my God, I'm hearing mummies and daddies right now, (laughs) like what's going on. Ran up there, saw that Maisie's putting the baby to sleep in the other room. And my my mom is passed out fast asleep on the couch with her head tilted back. (laughs) snoring upstairs and I just oh, ran up and woke her up. <laughs> I was like, Mom, I'm trying to do my podcast and she's playing mummies and babies like right here. And anyway, that's sorry. Hilarious. That's yeah, she was like, oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> anyway. I was like, I'm in the middle Love of a it. really amazing birth story. Come You're on.
0: You're so cute. All right. So I go to bed and um I'm super uncomfortable uh that night and I'm in and out of like uh this sleep state and it's such a weird feeling because I'm really tired but um I keep sort of like waking up in this dreamy place and thinking, okay, I feel like maybe I'm in labor. And then um and then I go back to sleep. And then I wake up I'm like, I feel horrible. What is that? And then I go back to sleep. And it was this really strange sleep state Trafee. where I was just in and out, in and out, in and out um throughout the night. And then 5 a.m. ish rolls around and I'm like, I go to the bathroom and I'm kind of, it's like cold in the house. And so um, my husband uh, wakes up and he's like, oh, is everything okay? And I was like, I think I'm in labor. Um, (laughs) Now I'm going to pause it and say this, Eric was supposed to start work on NCIS LA two weeks prior which was right That's at my right. due date yeah <laughs> and um they actually wrote him out of the first episode because he because of my due date and the due date came and went and we still hadn't had the baby and so we had all this wonderful back. time i know <laughs> and we had all this wonderful time together um to you know do what we did and then we end up, uh, he's going to, where he's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go back to work. And I was like, oh my gosh, is it going to be like the day he has to go back is the day that I go into no. labor? Well, guess what? Everybody, it was. <laughs> um, it's my day, you know, 10, 11 to 11 days post my due date is the day that I wake up in the morning and he has to be at work. And he has to be at work at like 8 a.m. And uh, it's 5 a.m. I mean, he has to be working like 7. I don't know. It's super early. Anyway, um, it's 5. And I was like, Eric, I'm in labor. And he was <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. And there's nothing you can do. Like, it's his first day going back to set. They've already pushed his episode, like, pushed his stuff, taken him out of stuff, like, tried to make this work to where um, he would be able to be off. And... I'm like he's like what do you want me to do? And I was like you got to go to work. What? I was like I love that you said that. Yeah, I was like let's just sit. Let's just do let's just sit here together for a minute and let me just let me just think because I was like I'm was so I could really feel it. I was really in labor at this point. I was like, "Whoa." And he was sitting behind me and I was like, "Put your hands in my belly." And so he put his hands in my belly and it was just like that very beginning of labor it was like mm-hmm. so wonderful i think that was maybe the most beautiful part of this labor was that beginning part sitting in bed with him at like five in the morning and the sun's coming up like esme sleeping in the bed Wyatt's still asleep in his bed and um and i'm feeling these contractions and i'm sitting here with him and then he has to get up and start getting ready for work and so i was like you just got to do it you got to go to work <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. You go to work. The hospital is actually closer to your work than it is to our house. So, I'll call you and tell you I'm heading to the hospital, and then you can tell work, Maybe. "Okay, she's me I need to meet her at the hospital." Yeah. And so, um and we have Sonia, who's our amazing nanny and she's also going to be my doula because this is COVID, and they only started letting the husbands come back like a few weeks prior. And one other person can come. One other, like, like a doula had only a doula. You couldn't have like two people with you, but you have a doula, and you can have your husband at Cedars, and or your partner. Um. So, uh, so then I was like, okay, um, Sonia will take me. I'll call one of my girlfriends who I trust that won't give my kids COVID, um, to come over and and watch my kids and, uh, and then we'll race to the hospital and then you can meet me there and we'll have the baby. (laughs) And so, um, this is not, this is not ideal, right? Like I would love for Eric just to be with me. It's wild, but I'm like, go to work. I got this. We're, we're going to be fine. I'm going to go in the bathroom. I'm going to do bath and shower and i'm gonna labor i'm gonna do my beautiful things but it's the morning (laughs) this isn't the night like i had had before that was so romantic with the moonlight and the bathtub it's the morning so the kids are up and the kids are like what's up and it's their first day of school so and they're doing zoom school so like why it's on his zoom school esme's getting ready for hers And it's like a little frantic, but I'm in labor. So I'm like going through the motions of all my labor, but then I'm also answering like how to log onto the iPad questions and let me get Wyatt set up with his headphones. I got to get Esme set up with hers. And so um, I go, I'm like, Sonia, I need to walk away for a minute. And I like go into the bathroom and I'm holding onto the bathroom sink. And all of a sudden a jackhammer starts. (laughs) And I was like, what the actual fuck is happening right now? Um, What is happening? And then I remembered that we were in the middle of building a a gate in the front of our house. And they just happened to come to to break all the concrete up that morning. And so there's a jackhammer going on outside the house. The dogs (laughs) are going crazy in the backyard because there's men working in the front of the house jackhammering. So the dogs are barking. Jackhammer's going. Kids are jumping onto their Zoom school. Um, I'm in the bathroom going. Husband's at work. (laughs) Husband's leaving for work. He's like heading out the door for his very first day back on his show. And I'm in the back going, texting my girlfriend, uh, Anna, and I'm like, can you leave your three kids and come over to take care of my kids right now or your two kids and come take care of my kids? <laughs> and um, and she's like, absolutely, what time should I be there? And I was like, you know, it feels like I'm, I'm kind of in the beginnings part, but maybe like my contractions are like maybe four, three, four minutes apart. She's like, that's not the beginning. And I was like, well, I don't know. I was like, it feels, you know, it feels intense, but um, but I think it's going to be a little while. So 15 minutes later, she's sitting on my steps outside my house. I was like telling her to wait till I called her and she's sitting outside. <laughs> she's sitting that's outside. That's right. She was like so worried that I was going to have the baby in my bathroom by myself. And I was like, I'm not, don't worry. And so I'm in the back laboring and it starts to feel really big and as may runs in and she's like let me help you mommy and she's putting her hands on me and and then i i'm like kind of gathering some of my things up and i have my go bag ready to go and um but i'm like i'm still this is like just started like i'm it's two hours to go and then the dogs start barking again and every you guys if you've heard any of my birth stories you know that sound is like Putting nails in my body. Like, loud sounds kill me. It is so hard. I have auditory issues. Like, I can't handle the loud noises. So, the dogs start barking again, the jackhammers going. And um, we, like, don't have, uh, like, there's a bunch of furniture that's missing from our living room because we were in the process of, like, remodeling and stuff like that. So, I walk out into the living room and I was like, oh, I grab the wall and I start um, moaning a little bit. And then Esme comes up behind me and she's trying to help by pressing on my back and why it's in first period of his school. So he's sitting here watching me, but he's got his headphones on and he's like trying to pay attention to Zoom school. And uh, my friend Anna comes in and she's texting the doctor because we have the same doctor. Yeah. And she goes, uh... Goldberg wants to know, like, how far apart is everything? So I'm going to start timing you. And I was like, it's fine. We ha- I'm probably going to be like, probably not going to leave for the hospital for another hour or so. And she was like, Sarah, I'm timing your contractions. And they're like two and a half, three minutes apart. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of close together. Um, okay. <laughs> and then and it felt intense, right? But I was like, there's just so much going on. And, and the just distraction kind of, of everything. Distracted and a little yeah. irritated because it was so loud. The jackhammer is still going, you guys. Just picture it right there in your brain and um, why it's like starting to sing the song from school and do these like jumping jacks. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't concentrate. Like, let me go light a candle and turn on some meditation music. None of that is happening. Um, I can't even shut the door in my bathroom.
1: Get me to the hospital. I wanna go to the hospital right now.
0: I know. And then she was like, I think you need to leave. And I was like, okay. Good idea, I think I am gonna leave. And I was like, yeah, maybe once I get to the hospital, it'll be nice, cause I remember my room was really big and I was able to like have nice music and like, yeah, okay, that sounds good, let me go do that. Cause I needed like more of a relaxed state, forgetting that it's COVID and things are gonna be very different when I get to the hospital. So um, we jump into my car, is there, thank God, she's taking care of my kids. And I text Eric and I have this great picture that I'll put up for um, this episode. I have a picture of myself just kind of like bent over in the middle of like my captain's chairs in the back of my car and Sonia's driving because I can't sit uh, down when I'm, when I was in labor, like it, it felt so intense to sit. So I needed to be on all fours. So I'm like holding onto the chair and I'm like, Perched into the middle of my car, and she takes off, and I just start texting people. I even did a little video, and I was like, I'm in labor. Here I've got to put it up. <laughs> I'm I to put that it's I so love dumb, it dumb because I'm just whispering I was like a little embarrassed to make the video so I'm like I'm in labor and oh my gosh this is happening right now you know and then I was like oh and then I have a contraction and then um and then we get cl- so the hospital we drive to the hospital and the whole time I'm I'm very aware that it's I'm uncomfortable and I'm texting Eric and he's like okay Don't worry, I'll meet you there. I'm almost done with the shot, you know, and um,
1: (laughs) imagine (laughs) him at work as well.
0: I know. How do you even focus? Right? It must have been so stressful. So we're getting close to the hospital. Um, I'm texting Eric. I'm telling Eric, okay, we're almost there. We're almost to the hospital. And uh, Sonia's driving, and we're both kind of trying to figure out where to go because Cedars is a huge place, right? So it's like I know that we're supposed to go to um, this certain, like, parking garage, and then we can park there, and then we get our COVID test as we go in from there. This is what, like, I found on the Cedars website.
1: So, And it's protocol. You have to have a test. Oh, yeah. You have to get tested. The-
0: on the way oh, in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I'm not tested on the way in. My temperature is just checked. Um but in Sonia's temperature is checked, but I think she also had to have a test on the way in. Um but then they're going to test me in the room once I get up there, right? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> so we can't find um where to go and then and then we missed the um the turn in to the parking garage. <laughs> and this is awful because then we have to go all the way around the whole hospital grounds again. And I'm fully in. I don't even know where I'm at you know technically in labor but it feels really really intense so i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> so i know that we had and i'm like just do a u-turn you know i'm like it's okay oh i'm like sonia do you think you could do a u-turn i don't remember if we did a u-turn i don't remember if we went all the way back around i do not remember but both of us were like oh my gosh we can't find where to go and then we found it and we were like okay that's where we go So we go into the parking garage and we're trying to find a place to park. And the parking lot is so full on this level that we're supposed to be. So we have to park (laughs) all the way in the back corner of the parking garage. And then I'm going to walk up. And, of course, she was like, I'll drop you off. And I'm like, no, I'm going with you. <laughs> and so we get out of the car. We start walking up. Remember, guys, I'm the person who wears the goggles and the face shield and the mask. So I'm really freaked out to be inside of any place because I haven't been. I've been in a bubble. Um, meanwhile, I'm texting my doctor. And I'm like, I'm in the building, you know. And he's like, uh, so am I. I'm up here oh, on good. the floor. You're good. Don't worry. And I was like, oh, okay. Good um so i go in she they check my temperature i'm having big moaning they're like get this girl up to labor <laughs> delivery <laughs> they're like what is happening and um we get to the elevator and i look at sonia and she and she's just like the most calming comforting presence and definitely one of my best friends in the whole world so i'm looking at her like um like "Am i get a baby in the elevator and she's like you're fine everything's fine so we get up to the thing and I get to the um to the front desk and I'm like, this is my name. Dr. Goldberg is my doctor. And I remembered last time that we were at this hospital, they like swept us in so quickly, put us into this like big, massive, beautiful room. They saw my husband and they were like, Oh, who's he? Okay, yeah, let's take him this way. And he there, it was just like <laughs> everything was very welcoming. But I was like not with Eric this time. And so I was like, okay. Um, that you know, where where can you guys put me? Last time I was in this amazing room, blah blah blah, and uh, and they were like, there are no rooms available right now. Uh, it is so packed. Um, they were like, I think one is being cleaned right now, and it's just <laughs> just opening up. And I was like,
1: I'm not oh, getting clean free me right as now. Well. Oh the I know. idea that you're like, ew, it's being
0: <sighs> they're clean cleaning the it. Toilet. Okay. Yeah. Plus like you have to, I, I found this out after the fact, but like the, so the patients that have COVID have one specific nurse that takes care of them the whole time. So the, and then they're on a specific area of the floor. Um, and so they have to be away from everybody else. So the, the rooms are like, it's very complicated right now. And so finally they get me in the hallway and we start to go left and then they were like, oh no, wait, it's right. And then <laughs> we start going down the hall. To basically what looks like a broom closet. And honestly, technically, it kind of is one because it's the tiniest room. There are zero windows. It's the room where they keep all the stock stuff. So, like, you open the the door... Yeah, it is a it's a hospital room, but they you open the door in the back, and it's where all the stuff it's like the toilet paper, all the brooms, like everything is back there. So I was just like, wait, where are we? And then Goldberg comes in, which is my doctor, and he's like, whoa, what, 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 where, where is she? What's going on? And the nurses are like, shh, shh, shh." you know, because of course he's like, I don't, I don't want my patient in this room, you know, like she's gonna be much. She's very loud. Like she's going to be much happier somewhere, (laughs) somewhere (laughs) bigger. And, uh, and he was like, do you want to birth in here? And I was like, uh, I'll birth if the baby's coming now, I'll birth wherever, but I would prefer to be somewhere else, you know? And I'm like, don't unpack this stuff yet, Sonia. We're going to move. And they're like, Goldberg, hush, hush. They're like, there is no other room. This is the only option. So she's got to do it here. And he's like, oh, and I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Let's just do it. I'm going to be fine. So no windows, tiny room. I'm I'm seeing that there's a bathroom. The bathtub shower area looks like it's for I a child. It's like child. Everything is very small, and so uh, the nurse comes in to she's like I got to do the COVID test on you, and I'm like okay. And it's September at this point, right? So this is September 2020. So this is when they're still sticking the thing so far up into your brain because they're mm-hmm. like thinking that that's the only place to gather all the mucus in- and. Yes, exactly. So um, the woman comes to like do the COVID test and I'm like, wait, 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 don't put it up my nose yet. And I have this huge contraction and then I was like, okay, put it up my nose. And she puts it up my nose and it is insane. And I'm like coming up off the bed. It's so uh, like it hurts so much to me. Oh my goodness. And then she has to go in. Unnecessary. But I can't even wait to tell you when I get these results, by the way. So then she does the other side and it's so excruciating. And then I'm like, okay, she can, that we can Never get again. out of here now. Yeah, yeah. we're done. <laughs> um, and Eric's not here yet, um, but I look at Sonia and I'm like, Eric, how close is he? Um, and she's like, he's on his way. And I was like, okay. And so they check me and I'm around six, seven centimeters. So I'm just starting to get into transition. And I was like, oh ah. Oh God. And I was like, okay. And Goldberg goes, okay, I have to go somewhere. I'll be back. You have a little bit of time, right? So I'm going to come back in exactly one hour. And, uh, he was like, get in the shower, whatever sounds good to you, you know, go ahead and do that. He's like, I'm coming back at this time. And, um, I was like, okay, great. Sounds good. Um, and so I get into the shower. It's the smallest shower ever and I'm holding onto the the shower rod inside and I'm trying to hang from it because it's like everything feels really um like I don't know tight in my body so I wanted to stretch. Um and then uh in rushes Eric. Okay? So he's there and I'm like, "Woohoo! So excited to see him. Um and then the water in the shower all of a sudden got kind of hot, and I started getting really hot. And I was like, "Okay, turn that off." Um, and then I was instantly overheated. And <laughs> anyone that touched me, their body was too hot. Um, I was I needed like towels that were cold. I was like, "Boy, did I really screw the pooch on this one?" Like that shower was so hot. I was only in there for like two seconds, and now I'm like blazing. Um, and I'm kind of walking around the room just trying to like fan myself but in between these really big contractions and then it just started to feel like I couldn't have my legs together um standing upright I started walking around with my legs really far apart. Like I was gonna <laughs> try to do the splits, <laughs> but I was like walking with them so open and i have no idea why, but it really was excruciating when my legs were closer together. And so I'm naked except I don't, I have on a bra. Um, and I have this thing around my belly that's checking the baby's heart rate and the baby's heart rate is amazing. It's totally fine. I keep having this feeling like I need to go poo. Sorry, everyone. Um, And so I'm holding on to Eric, and he has all this adrenaline from running from work, right? So he's like raced over his body is like a furnace and so Mm -hmm. I'm I keep saying in between the contractions like you're so hot you're so hot like like, I can't touch your body (laughs) 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 and I was just like oh it's like too much you know and I wanted to hold on to him so bad but I was just blazing um and then so then at this point, um, I, things started to feel really intense and I was sweating so bad. Like the sweat was dripping off my face and I was wearing a mask and the mask was getting wet and uh, I just ripped the mask off my face. Everyone else in the room had a mask on.
1: Are you supposed but to wear a mask? Yeah,
0: you had to wear a mask.
1: What? You're supposed yes. to wear a mask as a laboring woman? Yes, yes,
0: yes. You had to wear a mask. I'm
1: dying for you right
0: now. But then I took it off. And it was because it was soaked and, uh, and no one said anything to me about it. Thank goodness. But I took it off and was like, I can't have that on my face. Um... And I started holding onto the bed and I was like, oh, I just feel like I have to go poop. And then I I went over to the – tried to go to the toilet. I couldn't sit on the toilet. I started screaming when I went to sit on the toilet. So they brought me back. And you guys have to keep picturing that I'm walking around with my legs really far apart. So I'm like walking like <laughs> so strange back over to the bed. And I had ripped all the stuff off of me to try to go to the bathroom. And so the nurse comes back in and she's like, wait, uh, why did you take everything off? And I was like – because I had to go to the bathroom and she's like, "We'll just unplug it." And so then she has to reposition everything, put all the stuff back on me, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god." <laughs> and then I was like, "Uh, oh, where's Goldberg? It's been more than an hour." And I was I really started to feel like I was going to like have to push or something, and then I started to burp. <laughs> this is when the burping came in. So, felt really intense uh feelings and then I would let out these massive dino burps. Um if you listen to episode one this is what I was talking about. Um and then I went I took the biggest poo on the floor. Sorry everyone but I did I hate talking about that but it's true it came out everyone in the room's cheering not really it's like Sonia's cheering the nurse cheering you know like oh that means you know this is really we're there you know and so the nurse goes to check me, um, the mid- the midwife, she's like a midwife nurse or something. And she comes in because Goldberg is not back yet. And she goes to check me and she's like, oh, you're, um, you're almost there. You're like nine something. And I was like, the lip. I know it. it's the lip. This is why I feel like I have to push so bad. I need him here. And I was like, tell him to get in here. And they were like, well, he's finishing up something over there. And I was like, tell him to come over here now. <laughs> and they're like, it's okay. We'll bring a midwife in. The midwife comes no. in from the floor and eric was like uh nobody else in here right now and the midwife was like well i'm here because she needs to push and and eric was like uh she doesn't want anybody else in here right now (laughs) and then this woman uh, i feel like she was i think she was a nurse maybe it was one of the midwives I i can't really remember because my face was kind of in the bed there was a woman's voice who said, "We need you to get up on the bed." And I just started to uh, moan really loud and was pushing. And I was like, uh, "I was like, I'm, I can't get in the bed." And she was like, "We're gonna lift you up onto the bed." And I was like, "No!" And she kept talking, and I, I just started shushing her, and I just telling, just telling her to be quiet because she was so loud. And um, also, I was not gonna do what she wanted me to do because I could not put my legs together. Um, I couldn't move from, so now my legs are planted in this super wide split and I'm holding on to the side of the bed and this, I'm going to tell you that from the moment, from this moment until the end, the bait, I do not move. I don't move out of this position. My legs are split open. I go down into like this open split squat thing. And then I would come back up again. So Goldberg comes in and he's like, whoa, she's ready to go. I can hear her from all the way out in the hallway, <laughs> down the hall from the other place that I was. And he was like, Sarah, take some of that some of that energy and put it down into, into your body as you start to push. And I'm gonna um, go ahead and move the, he's like putting his hand up there to move the lip to the side and help. The baby get down. So, um, and I was like ready, you know, I knew it was going to be intense, but I was ready for him to get there because I knew that's what my body needed. Um, And so I was very much in my vocal outer, like I was projecting a lot of noise at this point. And so then he reminded me again, okay, let's bring that back down into your body. Let's put, let's use that energy, but let's not make so much noise because you're pushing a lot of energy out of the top and not the bottom. And I was like, (laughs) okay, you know, so I, um, grab onto the rails of the bed and, uh, I start to, um, bear down as he's like, he's guiding me through the whole thing. This is why he's like such an amazing birthing partner for me is because through the whole thing, he's telling me, okay, where the baby's head is and where his hand is. And I've got one finger out. Okay. Now I've got two fingers out, like telling me that, um, that that where the progression is because I can't feel it because the pressure is so Mm -hmm. intense and so um I start pushing uh winter down but when I do that I'm in this massive squat and my feet rise up and I'm sort of like my uh thighs are resting on a nurse on my right Eric on my left and Goldberg's got his hand up inside me behind me right so And so then there's like a couple other nurses in Sonia's video. She's got my kids. Oh my gosh, she's got my kids on FaceTime. My son is in the middle of PE. And so he's (laughs) jumping jacking in the background um, while the baby's coming down. And Esme's yelling, Good job, mommy. Yeah. And so it was so cute. Oh, so cute. And then uh, Goldberg tells me, like, okay, we see her. I see her face. You know, I I see the head. Here we go. And then he's, like, trying to get a clean glove because I keep pooping on his gloves. And I'm in this weird position. And then the nurse keeps telling me that I need to get on the bed. This is the part I forgot. She keeps saying, you can't have the baby in that position because the baby's going to hit the floor. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to catch the baby or somebody's going to catch the baby, but that doesn't make any sense. The baby's not going to hit the floor. <laughs> Someone's going to catch it. <laughs> and I was like, so I'm definitely having the baby in this position because I can't physically move and no one's touching me. So um, so then he's back there. He's holding uh, everything. Like He's like kind of pulling and helping with the shoulders and making sure he yells out, shoulders are clear. He gets on a clean glove again. He's like, wait, 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 don't push, don't push. Cause he's trying <laughs> to get his clean glove on. And cause this is the moment, right? And so he's like, okay. And then he's like, take a deep breath. And he's like, all right, let's bear down together. And then I bear down and then the baby comes out and and Eric's like, yeah. And then Esme, she's like, good job, mama. And I throw myself onto the bed and I go, oh my God. Thank God. (laughs) That was the very first words that I said.
1: (laughs) I know, That's my my favorite.
0: (sighs) it was and it was wild and I, I tell that story with so much energy because it was just so fast everything happened really fast and um you know i i got to the hospital i don't remember what time it was but within 2 hours the baby was out right so oh everything happened really quickly eric showed up in time but like the energy of this birth was so different than my other births and um, it was not this like dreamy romantic thing. It was like jackhammers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had that birth. This was like jackhammers and morning school and it's COVID and, you jumping know, jacks. jumping jacks. It's just like that is the that's what this birth is. So um, oh but goodness. it was amazing. And I have this incredible video and I'm so grateful for it because since losing Goldberg, I've gone back a million times to look at these videos of him and just like weeping with so much love and admiration for who he is and what he's done for me in my life. And like the gift that he gave to so many human beings, but sitting there watching it back and me looking at him and saying, that was so hard. And I'm like looking at him as this figure of like, you know, I don't have a dad anymore. And like, he's not old enough to be my dad, but I'm looking at him like that. You know, he's like someone who's brought me through this process and that paternal coached me. Energy. Yes. That paternal way, like coached me the whole way. He was so loving. He was like rubbing my head at the end. And he was like, you did it, mama. Wow. You know, he was like, I'm so proud. And he was just like, it's just wonderful. So the experience was absolutely wackadoodle but it was really amazing and um and then oh so memorable and that's birthing in 2020.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness and how was that following hour after the birth what did that feel like?
0: It was just magic I was just like calling you know everyone and my mom and you know just my kids and holding this baby it was like already, I got her nursing right away. And I just couldn't stop staring at her. She was just so beautiful. And I always get really cold after um, I give birth for some reason. And uh, I shake it really hard. And so um, that part's always kind of jarring for me because I'm like, am I okay? Am I going to die? Am I losing blood? Like what's going on? Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm fine. It's just like an adrenaline. I think it's like a come down from the adrenaline. Right. And I'm just I I shake really hard, so yeah, it's so weird. Um, But I was hungry, so Sonya had food for me. She was like giving me miso soup and crackers and all this really nice stuff. And and here I am sitting in this like little box of a room with, um, you know, my brand new baby. And there's not a window in sight, and I couldn't care less. And it was just magical. And I was okay. so glad that I was the one who got that room because yep. it didn't matter. I didn't care. Mm. It was just great and I was just happy to have a healthy baby in my arms and I loved the experience so much and um and yeah, it was great. And then and then we were transitioned to to the um postpartum area and they got us out so fast cuz of covid. I went home yeah. that night, which was yeah. nuts wow yeah it was wild so what an
1: incredible story Uh, i love it but it just goes to show how different all of these births are even though she's your third baby you've done this two previous times but all the stories are just wildly different
0: i know Um, really is it's amazing and so fun to tell and so fun for all of you guys to um to send us and tell us about your birth stories. We've been reading some of them as well. And they're, it's just amazing. It's my favorite thing because every single story is different and unique to each mother and also to each baby that you have, which is mm. also just incredible. Um, so yeah, thank you uh, Thanks, for Scott. listening. We love these birth stories, and we can't wait to come back and tell Teresa's fourth birth story.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do that and we'll talk about home birth and all the many ways in which you can prepare prepare for a home birth.
0: All right, you guys can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Mother Days. It helps so much when you rate, review, listen, subscribe, share it with your friends. If you love this episode, please tell us. We would love to hear it. And we would also love to hear your birth stories. So send them to us at themotherdays at gmail.com. We will have a really special listener Um, episode where we talk about your birth stories and we can read some of them that will be so great um so thank you everyone for
1: joining thanks daisy bye